Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 255, Atticus from Kindlepreneur, an interview with Dave Chesson, coming to you on Thursday, July 1st, 2021. How are you doing? Are you having a good day, a good week? Are you getting some writing done? It's either summer or winter, right? So maybe you've got a little vacation time, maybe a little vacation time coming up, maybe a long weekend. I just had a long weekend and I have gotten so much done on the rebranding, turning all of the books that I already have published into sweet so that there's no swear words in them and no sex scenes. And it's just been so fun to watch progress, 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 talking to my narrator. She's already finished one of the two books that are in audiobook. We're getting ready to work on the second one. Uh, things are just coming together and it just makes me happy and excited. And yeah, so plus uh, I've been talking about book covers and working with um, a friend of mine who's been a friend from for a long time and she's done a lot of work for other people, but this is just the first time she and I are working together. And she created some book covers I love for my upcoming nonfiction series, Encouragement for Writers. And I was like, uh, these books are so close to the look of chiclet books. You know, it's got the illustrated covers and they're very kind of, um, light and colorful and have sort of a fun vibe to them, like an upbeat vibe. I'm like, is there any chance, like, would you consider trying a chiclet cover? So she just emailed me back this week and said, Hey, let's talk about it. That sounds fun. I'm so excited. So life it my writing life seems to be making me very, very happy. I hope yours is making you happy. How's it going? Feel free to leave a comment. Uh, tell me what's, what's life doing in your writing uh, section of your life. I have to tell you something. So on the day that I'm recording this intro, um, my husband and I were talking about something. I literally cannot even remember what it was. Uh, I think it had to do with that. We're going to go to a real live movie theater for the first time in a year and a half, uh, to see black widow because, um, hello, black widow Marvel, if you're not sure. And, um, you know, we'd been talking for the last year cause it was supposed to come out a long time ago. Um, you know, we'll buy hazmat suits if we have to, if this movie is playing in the theater, we're going to the theater. And, uh, so we finally, it's, it's coming out. It'll be the first movie that we're seeing. Um, I think the theater's only been open for maybe a month here. Uh, so it'll be, um, among the first movies that are, that are showing in Melma, Sweden in the first place, I think. Uh, and so we were talking about how we feel about that, you know, like a little nervous, really excited, um, like it'll be kind of weird to be close to strangers. And after a year and a half of being like a little bit scared to be around too many strangers, um, and John said something and I was trying to say it in better words. Like he was like, it's kind of like this sort of, and I'm like, yeah, sort of like, um, and I tried to say it in better words and I'm like, yeah, it's like, it just has like more feelings, um, in the feelings place. <laughs> he just looked at me. He's like, you are so weird. I'm like, I don't know where that came from. That was terrible. That was not helping you at all. He's like, no, that, that was just terrible. The feelings place. So 
it's been hours and I'm still laughing at like, how can I be a professional writer and communicator? But when I'm talking to my family and friends and especially when I'm talking to John, I just say really kooky things, but that's me kooky kitty. So anyway, hopefully that made you laugh and you're like, I either totally get that or I totally get how John feels because you have someone else in your life who does weird stuff. So anyway, I'm very excited. I'm very happy about all my writing stuff. If you are feeling any less than super happy and excited, if you are struggling to finish your book, or maybe you started the first one or the 10th one, and you're just um, head banging on brick wall kind of thing, reach out to me. Like we can get on one of my 30 minute free coaching calls and just see if we can sort of bang through, like get all the way through the wall so we can get through the obstacle and get you back on track again. Um, maybe you will find that you just really decided you want to work with me and, uh, you can be one of my coaching clients. I still have room. I'm happy to do that, but keep in mind, this is just a free 30 minute, no obligation call where sometimes all I do is give away a lot of free, helpful information so that somebody can be like, okay, great. I no longer have this obstacle in front of me. I can keep moving forward. If later you're like, that was so helpful. I want more help from Kitty. Then, you know, come back and we'll figure out what you need. And I'll, you know, give you some, some options with different pricing levels so that we can try to find something that is in your, in your budget category or in the amount of time that you want to spend with me category. I have some people that only work with me twice a month and some people it's every week. So all sorts of options. If you're done with your book and you know for sure that you want to self-publish it, but again, you're like, I'm not really sure that I know how to do this all by myself or that I want to do it all by myself. That's the other of the two coaching programs that I have. So again, reach out 30 minute free coaching call. You can sign up on my website, which while still old is back to working again. Hooray. (laughs) So go to rightnowworkshop.com. I actually had to look at my piece of paper just now. I'm like, what is my website name? Yeah. I'm just super excited about my writing. And so everything else is sort of taking second place in my mind rightnowworkshop.com on the homepage. You can um, click and get a free downloadable self-publish your book checklist. If you'd like, that will also put you on my email list in every week or so. Um, Been a little off. Uh, It hasn't been quite every week the last month or two. Um, You will get uh, an email with maybe a link to the latest podcast, um, some interesting thing that I just learned about something, a link to something else that I think will help you. Uh, Basically, uh, just helpful information for writers who are self-published in particular, but also information that I try to make um, interesting and useful for traditionally published authors as well. And if you are wanting to sign up for that 30 minute free coaching call, just click on coaching on the homepage. Or if you are able to get to a computer before you forget, it's rightnowworkshop.com forward slash writing coach and just scroll. I think all the way to the bottom is where the uh, sign up for a three free 30 minute coaching call with Kitty. Um, I still am having a little bit of a tricky thing going on with my email. Not sure why people who have had my email address for years and years without any problems are not always getting my emails. Some of them are ending up in spam. This is a new and crazy making problem that I have. But so if you have been trying to reach me or have reached out to me at any time in the past, and I haven't responded within say a week or two, um, definitely email me again, because I don't want to miss your email just because 
email programs acting up. So just wanted to let you know about that. And then just a reminder that now that we're doing seasons for the podcast, this episode will be the end of season two, and then we'll have the monthly encouraging words episode on Sunday. Yay. One of my favorite episodes. And then season three will start the end of July. So that will be Thursday, July 29th. Uh, so you'll have a couple of weeks of three weeks to be specific of, um, of not hearing from me. And then we're back in with a whole bunch of great new guests and great, more, uh, great new information. Um, and I think that's everything I wanted to tell you. I am so excited to present this interview with Dave Chesson. He, first of all, is just brilliant anyway. If you have not been to kindlepreneur.com, you should just go um, because there is so much information there and a ton of it is also just free. Um, So this is a new piece of software that he has developed um, and you can go to atticus.io. I'll put all of these links in the show notes, but if you want to look it up because you can't stand to wait another minute. Uh, it's A-T-T-I-C-U-S, Atticus.io. And you can get more explanation about um, basically this awesome piece of software that he's about ready to explain to us. So it's a little bit like um, Vellum meets Scrivener and has a baby sort of thing. <laughs> um, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. I, I've already signed up. Uh, it's going to be fantastic for any kind of collaboration that you do. So um, you can do all of your writing in the program if you want, and then send your completed manuscript to your editor, who can then, if they want, like my editor, edit in Word and track changes in Word and then send it back to you. And then you'll be able to get all that information back into Atticus. Instead of right now in Scrivener, I have to have my my editor's Word document open on the one hand and on the other hand, have my Scrivener file open and go and make the changes in the Scrivener file. And then I just, I don't throw away the Word file, but it's useless to me, basically. Um, This is going to solve our problems in that regard. Also, if you are collaborating, doing something with another author, this can be fantastic for keeping all the work together. One of the other things that I just wanted to kiss Dave's ring uh, when he mentioned is... um, being able to keep track when like right now I'm doing this (laughs) rebranding, what a pain in the butt it was when I had to go back to 2014 in my computer files and hope that the file that I think is the final, final file that's out, you know, for sale everywhere. Hopefully the document I opened really is the final, final file. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I'm going to really, um, well, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to use the word regret, but I, I, I just hope that I don't have any problems later. But in Atticus, you're going to be able to make your edits into that file and then recreate the documents that you need um, for, you know, uploading to all of the sites and creating your print book. And it's automatically going to be pulling the correct and final information. So the file there will be your final file. I am so excited. I am so, so, so excited. So um, lots of reasons why I'm just telling you these things so that you can be like, oh yes, I will finish listening to the rest of this episode because this sounds great. I need to know more. Okay. So let's go talk to Dave and learn more about Atticus. Today's guest is Dave Chesson. Dave is a military veteran, husband, and father of three crazy kids. When he's not doing dad things, he's an avid book marketer. 
His work in both publishing and book marketing has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Ally, Huffington Post, and even Market Watch. He has been blessed to have worked with many New York Times bestselling authors in multiple genres and topics like Ted Decker, Orson Scott Card, Kevin J. Anderson, and more. He also has worked as a paid consultant to major publishing companies, helping with digital sales, advertisement methods, and sales page optimizations. Welcome, Dave. Ah, thank you for having me. It's so good to talk to you. I've heard you so many times on other people's um, podcasts and different things online that I'm like, oh, wow, here he is on my show. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That really means a lot to hear. Oh, good. You know, and we were just talking beforehand how I've been following you for a lot longer than I realized, like definitely more than six years. I always think of Kindlepreneur and some of the different things that you do as being, you know, kind of new, but I guess I feel like the entire indie publishing, self-publishing world is still new, even though it's more than 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's funny is, is that you talk to a lot of the authors that have really crushed it in self-publishing and it's like, you know, yeah, sometimes people look at me as like an overnight success, but it was 10 years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. So tell us a little bit more about you. It sounds like you got out of the military and then how did you end up in book marketing? Well, actually, I decided to start doing books while I was in the military. Um, you know, having having the three kids and wife and everything like that, I'm not a proponent of jumping out of an airplane and building a parachute on the way down. Yeah. So instead, I started really trying to craft my uh, skill levels and improve my writing and improve my marketing before I took that step out. So my wife and I had this conversation and we both got on the same page. We're like, all right, we're going to do this. And that's when I really dug in because my family was depending on me. It wasn't about like, oh, this would feel good or, oh, that would be great. Or I kind of like the idea of being a bestseller. Like it was like, nope, uh, my kids need this. They want their dad home. I think the biggest thing that really drove me was the military kept sending me off to places without my family. Uh, the last four years or three out of the four years I was in the military, I was sent without my family. So oh. yeah, I was, I was ready. Um, yeah. so I took all that time. I really studied, uh, I, I treated it like a career, not a hobby. Uh, I think that was a major differentiator, uh, between those that kind of stick in one spot and those that really succeed because every day was devoted to writing and learning and growing and not just when I kind of felt like it. Uh, so I started publishing books and uh, it was great because they kept stacking and a lot of that was from my knowledge and what I learned about Amazon and why they choose to show one book over another. And that's when Kindlepreneur was created. And couple years after that, I was able to uh, make more money from my books than I was from the military, got out. And now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, um, living at home, seeing my kids every day. Nice. Oh, that does sound like a great, a great career change, like um, smooth and also giving you things that you wanted, the things that were important to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, as, as we speak, I'm waiting for the little thunk, thunk, thunk of feet up top, you know, as they come running through the kitchen. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll just wave at the, as they run past to the cereal or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, first of all, everybody, if you have not yet been to kindlepreneur.com, you absolutely must go. It is full, full of amazing tools. Um, I have not found anything that I didn't think was particularly useful, or I'm like, ooh, that's going to be useful when I get to this stage again. Um, 
also a lot of it is free, which is amazing, which I'm guessing as a digital entrepreneur, that it's just been an accumulation just based on some things in, in some of your emails. It's sort of been an accumulation of over years, you created this and then this and then this, and then you were able to give more away as you created more paid products. So give us just a little bit of a background on Kindlepreneur, and then let's talk about your new product, Atticus. Sure. Well, I mean, it really all started with the Kindle calculator. Uh, back in the day, you know, authors didn't really know how to judge if a book was successful or how much other authors were making. There were some like graphs and things that people had out there. So basically, I worked with a whole bunch of numbers and publishing companies and uh, previous data that was out there. And I put it into a calculator so that all an author has to do is put the Amazon bestseller rank of a book and it will tell you how many books that day uh, that it sold. And so this was really useful for me and what I was doing because that was a key part of what gave me confidence in writing a book was, you know, I didn't want to write a book for a market that didn't exist. Um, and so I first created that. Then the other thing was, was that I started creating the book description generator because, you know, Amazon allows authors to actually make words bigger or smaller and bolder and bullet list. And then there's also the craziness of spacing. The problem though was, is that the only authors that were benefiting from that were the ones that knew HTML, you know, and HTML coding, I mean, and even if you do know HTML coding, the problem is, is that you make one mistake, like you, you forget one backslash. thing and all of a yeah. yeah, backslash and all of a sudden your entire blurb is, is bold or, you know, tiny or strike through or who knows what. And so what I wanted to do was make something where it's like, hey, you don't have to know HTML coding. You can write your book description, click on things make it look the way you want. And when you click that code, you have the confidence in knowing that once you put it into Amazon, that it will be published that way. So I'll, it's kind of funny is, is most of it was just kind of solving my own pain points as an author. Uh, luckily, I, I had a lot of connections with programmers that could help me to build it. Um, then we created Publisher Rocket. You know, it was known as KDP Rocket back in the day. And this was uh, just to kind of help self-published authors have access to the same information that publishers do. Uh, you know, publishers make a lot of decisions based off of the markets, trajectory, sales, you know, uh, research. They're not just guessing at keywords. They're not just randomly losing, uh, selecting bisacks and, and categories. And so instead, we harness this into this one program. And what's funny is now, now all the publishing companies are using it, um, which has been fun. But Again, I think that evens kind of the playing field, allowing authors to have access to that information. Um, but that was actually my first paid product. I didn't start with that or anything like that. Uh, Kindlepreneur is, you know, every one of my articles has always been written with the belief that I want authors to be able to read this article, learn from it, and be able to turn around and take action and see results. So, you know, it's never been really a part of our thing to hold stuff back. And yeah, uh, yeah that, was, that was kind of the gist of, of how everything went. Nice. Now, I know that you have some free ebooks as well on the website, but um, it sounds like you're also a writer. Are you a novelist or something else? Yeah, actually. So I've written a lot of nonfiction books. Um, it's funny is, is that most of my consulting is for fiction authors, especially in the publishing companies, um, and, and which is good because for me, uh, I've never really been able to crack writing great dialogue. I think that's my biggest weakness, uh, structuring, you know, and, and all the other components that go with it, I think have been kind of solid, but dialogue is just, I'm like, I jokingly call myself, um, 
uh, uh, what's the name of the director for Star Wars? Why am I blanking? Oh, George Lucas. George Lucas. <laughs> Sorry I that I knew George that, Lucas. but. <laughs> yeah, I always jokingly call myself a George Lucas. I mean, it's some of the worst dialogue, but great storytelling. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of the Star Wars fans could agree with me on that one. Yeah. But so I, I've, I've struggled a bit, but I've had a little fun kind of working on that. But instead, though, I've really enjoyed, you know, working with like Orson Scott Card um, and Ted Decker. There's been a whole bunch of others. Um, it, it's really neat when you get to meet like I, I actually have a special shelf on my in my office over here. And every one of them's got a first edition of some of my all time favorite science fiction and fantasy books. Uh, it's nice. kind of like my own little collector's thing. And what's really cool is about 80% of them um, are authors I've gotten to work with. Um, so I've got it autographed. The other 20% that they're dead or it's John Scalzi. That's the only one that I haven't worked <laughs> with. Um, <Nice>. So <laughs> let me just say, it's been really awesome to be able to work with them. And yeah, it's, uh, I also think fantasy is, or excuse me, uh, fiction is a much more challenging route, which I think is why I like the, the consulting and coaching in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice to, um, you know, as somebody who, uh, it seems like I've spent my whole life trying to figure out what am I best at? Cause I'm really good at a lot of things, which I think is way worse than only being good at one thing, you know, uh, like, um, lots of people, I, I have friends in the military and family and stuff. Um, there's lots of people who are good at more than one thing, but they, they still have to find one thing that they're going to focus on. So it's nice that you can be like, this is one of my giftings. This is the thing that I'm going to focus on. And and as as somebody who's been following you and using your products for years, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's, you know, I come from kind of an engineering uh, background as well. Uh, I, I was a physics major. I did nuclear engineering, nice. um, project management in engineering field. And then I moved over into military diplomacy um, and, uh, you know, a a East Asian specialist. And so I've been able to kind of combine the two. And that's what allowed me to really think about the programs and building all the calculations. But as an avid writer, who's a part of that, it's been really unique to be able to say as a writer, like, man, wouldn't it be nice if, and then be like, okay, we can make that happen. Let's do this. (laughs) Voila, there it is. Nice. Well, that's an excellent segue. So tell us, what were you thinking? If only I had and then this new product started coming together. Yeah. So I used to work for Apple a long time ago. Um, and yeah, we're talking like 2007 or so. And what they did was they would have a lot of programs that you could use um, because most of the programs out there were like, oh, yeah, we hope Apple uh, salesmen and everything will, will get to know us and maybe they'll recommend us. And I came across this brand new software at the time called Scrivener. And I started using it to write my thesis. I've, I've used it ever since. The problem that I've always run into with Scrivener is a couple of things. Number one is even since using it, since it just came out, I still only know how to use maybe 40% of it. Uh, yeah. it it's very complicated. It's not very intuitive. I, I kind of run into some problems there. The second thing, this is my biggest issue is that every time I'd write on Scrivener, I'd have to export it uh, into a Word document, and then I would have to send it back and forth between an editor. Uh, I try to get editors to work on Google uh, Docs. Most of them treat it like the plague, um, (laughs) which kind of stinks because I'd prefer to have that like online collaboration capability. I also hate version control. And then finally, when you get that final edit, right, you have to 
you have to say this is the final edit. Then you have to put it into like a program like Vellum in order to format it. Or you're paying some formatter and you're going back and forth. Now, what's funny is, is that if you look at like all the, the files that I have on my computer, and I'm a really organized person, by the way. But when you look at my files for each one of the books I've written, there may be seven or eight different Word documents in there that say the word final on it somewhere. <laughs> Like final written copy, final edit, final, final. This is the final. This is the final approved by the editor. Uh, this is the final that was formatted. And then this is the formatted final, you know, and sometimes <laughs> I might even have an explicit in there, you know, because it's like, this is the one, you know, like exclamation marks or something like, yeah. and, and what's even worse is that I had to go back and uh, update a book, you know, that I wrote like three years ago. And I was not sure, like, this is the worst part was I was not sure which one was the final. Uh, yeah. And I had to do a side-by-side -side comparison until I found one where it was like, okay, this one actually has an edit here. That's, that's the right edit. Yeah. And then that was it. So then I started deleting the rest. But what's crazy is we always have that. So my problem was, was that there was no such thing that could combine all these things. Uh, writers have to write in one, then they have to edit another, and then they have to format another, and then they are left with all version control. So my ultimate goal was to create one software. Um, and I jokingly say that if, if Scrivener, Vellum, and Google Docs got together and had a baby, uh, this is what I'm going to create. And so... That is so funny. I just have to interrupt to say that is exactly what I wrote on my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please go ahead. Because <laughs> obviously yeah. then I'm understanding what you're doing. That's really good. If we're on the same page analogy wise, I must understand what you're doing. So go ahead. Exactly. Uh, so coming up in mid-April is where we're, you know, and of course we're recording this now, but um, in mid-April should be out publicly. And what's going to happen is, is that when Atticus, that's what the name of the program is. I'm a, I'm a big literary character fan. I'm also a <laughs> yeah. histori historical buff too. And so we chose the name Atticus because there's Atticus Finch, who's like an amazing character. But the second thing is, is that Titus Atticus was one of the first ever publishers for the Roman Empire. And he's oh. the one that saved all of Cicero's work. And so oh. he took the works, he wrote his own works, he published, um, he dispensed. And so I was like, man, that's awesome. And then it was funny is I kept looking at the name Atticus and every person that ever popped up on, on the internet was either a philosopher, a poet, or a writer, or a publisher. And I'm like, wow, if there was ever a writing name, like this is it. So I just, I fell in love with that one. So that's why we call it Atticus. Uh, but in mid-April, the first phase of Atticus will basically be structured on um, being vellum in that respect where it's you know it, and what i mean by that is it's formatting it allows you to see exactly what it looks like but we're going to have a lot more options uh it will work on mac pc linux chromebook uh it's also going to be cheaper than vellum and so that's phase one but on top of that phase one we have the ability to write we'll also have some gamification for writers also Ooh. ways to track where you're at as well as you know analytics um one of the cool features that should be coming out about then, if not really close to when it comes out it, that I'm loving is that if say, for example, you set your word count at like 2000 words, when you hit the 2000 words, little fireworks in the background will go off to let you know you crossed the finish line. I'm totally um, going to do that. Oh man. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also hiding some little Easter eggs and little fun things that I won't say because when, when it happens to the author, like they're just going to be like, what did just happen? I, I like awesome. having fun with my programs. So that's phase one. Phase two, though, 
is once it comes out, we're immediately, I mean, we're talking like a lot of additions immediately. Um, we call this agile development, uh, but phase two, we believe should be out by uh, June or finished by June, if you will. And that's where we're including that collaboration component as well as uh, legitimate plotting and outlining capabilities. Um, and so with collaboration, what it is, is that we want to make sure that an author never has to leave the program. You can write in it, you can edit in it, you can format in it, and everything's in one project. Um, so in order to do this, what we're creating is this collaboration pane where you can see everybody on the right that has access to your book in some way, shape, or form. And what's really awesome about this is that when you don't want them to have access to it, you can click a button and they lose access. So no more random copies out there. And so we're designing collaboration nice. with four areas in mind. There's writer collaboration, then there's editor, then there's formatting, and then there's arc readers, okay? Um, for writer collaboration, so if you want to write real time, just like it's Google Docs, so you see what the other person's doing, you guys can build a book together like seamlessly. Uh, in this case, both, both authors have to own a copy of Atticus. We can't mm -hmm. do it without that. Yeah. Um, same thing with formatting. Yes, we have the formatting capability, but maybe you just don't want to have to format or you want some stylist to make some beautiful maps and images and place it perfectly in there. Um, you can easily give access to just formatting to a professional formatter and they can format it for you and you just hit approve and voila, it's good. And then kill their connection. Um, so you can start to bring in people to do things on your book without ever having to leave it. Uh, but again, the formatter has to own Atticus. Now right. for editor and arc readers, they do not. Um, and here's how it work is that you could click on, you know, say give access to an editor, you type in their email address and when it'll send them an email and when they click the link, it will open up in their browser, okay? And they just need to create a, a name and a password. But then at that point, they see the editing pane, okay? And we're designing it to look exactly like Word. Um, because let's face it, every editor is like all about word, yeah. the track changes, the button location, everything like that. So this way we don't have to treat an old, you know, teach an old dog, new tricks. They just open up and it's like word with more organization. We're adding features that editors will like. And then what's cool is that as they're editing, you as the author can be in the editing pane and see exactly what they're doing in your project. And right. so when they mark something complete, like they can go on a chapter and when they mark it complete, you know that you can go through and you can accept the, the changes, you know, et cetera. And when you do that, it automatically imports into your writing. Wow. So what's really cool for the author is you never have to leave. You can see where everything is at. Um, you can accept things and you don't have to do this version control or back and forth. Uh, with regards to ARC readers, um, it's kind of the same as the editor, except that all they can do is leave comments, okay? You can also make it that other ARC readers can read other ARC readers' comments, or they can't. Um, but again, you can send out like 20 copies of your book, and you can even assign certain chapters to ARC readers or whatever. But when you're done, or when they're done, you can just click it, and boom, it goes away. So this will allow you to control who has access to your book, um, it also makes sure like, you know, that there's no word documents or versions of your book floating around out there that can get picked up by piracy, um, or be given away for free without your knowledge. And, uh, yeah, and that's, that's really Atticus in a nutshell, uh, wow. like I said, it's all the things. So authors don't have to buy Scrivener. They don't have to, you know, 
um, buy vellum. They don't have to you know, do all these things. They can have one spot. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions um, that are uh, actual questions that I would have as an author, even though yeah. you've just explained it, um, because I think it'll just uh, make you go, yep, that's what I just said. <laughs> um, yeah, no worries. So one of the things, um, so with the ARC readers, um, this is something they would still have to read on their browser, right? They can't download to their Kindle or other reading device. Yeah, one of the things we've talked about is potentially creating a downloadable version, you know, if if the author wanted to. It's like kind of a setting that you can choose. Um, mm -hmm. In this case, you can mark it that no, they have to read in their browser. Um, or one could also uh, set it that they can download like a Word doc and then open up and, you know, their, their um, uh, iPad or whatever, however they want to read it. Yeah. Um, but that way it gives you kind of control on what you want to do. Nice. Like it. Okay. So here's another question. Um, I'm doing some rebranding on some books that came out in 2010 and 2013. Um, I'm changing all of my books to suite. So I have to go through and um, find all of my, oh, okay. I'm trying to make sure that my podcast stays PG-13 for people who are driving, well, who used to be driving with their kids in the car. <laughs> um, so all of the words that, um, that may still may be in it right now. I'm changing to crap, darn, and, and um, uh, heck, you know, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but there was a, a, two scenes in the superhero book where the married couple are having sex. And I was like, oh, I need to make this sweet. So I'm going to make these changes and then send it to a dozen readers. So what I had to do was um, cut and paste out of my Scrivener document into mm -hmm. an email. But what I could do with Atticus, without them having to own Atticus, is just give them access to those two chapters. Yep, that's it. You uh, select those two chapters, then you select the edition button, and then you put in the emails of the people you want to assign those two chapters to. Yeah. Um, and then voila, you can, uh, you can nice. see exactly who has access to what, get the feedback you want, and apply the changes that you think you need to make based off of their suggestions. Brilliant. And okay. Because within one program. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because I've also done things like uh, sent a chapter to an EMT to say, did I did I get my EMT acting and speaking correctly? And I didn't want to make them think they had to read the whole book. But the only other thing I could do is say, go to chapter 25 or just cut and paste chapter 25. So this is brilliant. I love this part. Okay. Editor, long time uh, word old school, old school, old school, um, also doesn't go to Google Docs. Uh, <laughs> so how, um, of course, um, you're making it look like Word. I'm just wondering, if is there anything that she's going to be like, oh, this is weird. I don't, I'm, not, I'm very uncomfortable. I guess just the, the fact of it at first, but then is she, she's going to be able to see things that look like what she's used to seeing in Word, including turning on track changes or something that's like that? Yep. Yeah, we don't. I If I make something that's different than Word, I have a feeling like it becomes a lot harder for us uh, to get editors on board with this. Whereas yeah. if this becomes something where it's just as intuitive, they know where the buttons are, they know which, you know, what button does what. Um, there's one thing. The other thing too, is I think that if we start with that base level, okay. Uh, I think editors will accept it more, but then on top of that too, we intend to, to work with a whole bunch of, you know, uh, editors to get any feedback on anything they would like or some kind of tool or component that would make their life easier. Because then in the end, it's like, oh, not only is it, is it like word, but it's better. 
And then yeah. at that point, can you imagine what it would be like if all the editors are like, you know, I'd really like you to use Atticus. Um, yeah. you know, from, I'll say that from a business perspective, but also just making it be something where the entire literary community is good with one thing instead of all the different version controls and arguments that are out there. Um, yeah. Boy, it'd just be so easy if, if that were the case. So we really want to make sure that this is a great tool for not just the writer, but also for the editor. And since that's such a major component to actually publishing a good book. Yeah. Oh, wow. I really love this. Let me just tell you, I'm on your waiting list. So I'm going yeah. to like do nice. something in it and then send it to my editor because she's in my mind, she's the epitome. I love you, Marcy, but she's the epitome of somebody who's like, do not ask me to learn a new piece of tech. I mean, <laughs> she, she didn't like yep. it when I switched from Skype to zoom. So <laughs> yes, I, like I said, it's, it's one of those where we don't even want the editor to have to watch a tutorial. Brilliant. Like it should be a point where they open up and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And what's really cool for the editor is that say, for example, they're working on six different projects. Okay. Um, when they accept, you know, this new project, they're going to have a project pane that will have all six projects and they can select which project they want to work on. And it jumps right to where they were. Um, so it'll actually be a lot easier for these serial editors to be able to eat, do even more. And that same project pane is a part of the, the authors as well. I really like the idea or excuse me, I like the concept of clicking on one thing and all of my data is there. If I want to import previous end chapters or, uh, you know, about the authors, I could just select and bam, there it is. It could just get sent in none of this copy and pasting or searching. Um, it's really neat how you can actually organize your work in one spot. And because otherwise, if you can't do that, then I'm not, I'm not delivering on my, my goal here, which is the one thing. You know, right. I joke, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. So I'm always like the one <laughs> ring to rule them all. That's right. This will be the one program. That's right. <laughs> Okay, so then you just said something about um, you know dropping in the about the author. So now that I have eight titles out, every time I add a new title, it's like, oh my gosh, if I change, I you know what? I'm just gonna leave my about the author, even though it's a little old and a little dated, because I don't want to change it eight times. So yeah. is, is there a way that I can change it one place and then it'll uh, does it auto populate or do I just click and drag? Yeah. So the way that it will work is you say, for example, you're going to work on a new book, right? You can go to the previous book or a different book and you can basically um, duplicate said book. Now, when we duplicate, what it's duplicating is your front matter and back matter. And it sets up if you have any templates uh, that you use, like you created a template for your structuring, uh, it'll import it right away. Um, so there's that. Also, too, when you get to a certain section in a back matter, like, say, for example, the about the author, if you've done it once, Okay, like you wrote the one that you like, you can go to that book, click on that back matter that's, um, you know, about the author, and then immediately select one of your previous ones, and it will pop it right in there for you. So once you've done it right, you can just quickly with maybe three, maybe four clicks, uh, import that previous work. So. Wow. Okay. Um, if I ever get to Nashville, like I'm already telling you years in advance, I'm totally going to find you, buy you as many coffees as you want and hug <laughs> you really hard. <laughs> oh, this, well, sounds, this, sounds, I, this sounds like everything I want. Yeah. It's like I said, as an author myself, this has just been my biggest pain point. So it's really fun to, to not only be an author, but also, you know, have a software development company where we can be like, all right, let's actually fix this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's been a problem like with Vellum, it only works on Mac. 
Uh, you yeah. know, so all the PC users can't do that for Scrivener. You know, you've got Scrivener 3.0 for Apple and 2.0 for PC and they haven't oh. updated PCs. And well, let's see, I think it was the Mac version was updated like four years ago, but PC wasn't. So you've got that. And then you've right. got, you know, like I said, all the different programs you have to use and who knows, you know, who knows what, and then the right. file management. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's the, um, it's the typo correction right before publication that really starts screwing with me because like you said, um, I've got this project that's old and now I'm redoing it. So I'm just like, I wonder, you know, like, is the InDesign copy totally updated or a Scrivener the last time that I updated or Please tell me I didn't. I always tell myself, do not correct typos in vellum because I'll never see that typo correct, you know, ever again <laughs> if I do anything someplace else. Right. So um, so this makes me feel like uh, this project that I was just about ready to start working on, I'm just going to go back and close it and wait patiently. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really um, great point. One of the beautiful things that I like is that if you correct it in your writing pane, uh, and by the way, the, the, the pains that we have is we have um, analytics, uh, plotting, writing, collaboration, and formatting. And that's for each one of your projects. So um, one of the, so in this case, if you change a word in writing, it will be right there in your formatting. You change something in formatting, it'll be right there in your writing. Um, so this way you don't have to worry about where it was or did I do it here in collaboration, things only change in writing and formatting if you accept it. Uh, okay. So you can work in the safe, what I call the safe zone and you can play around with things. And then until you accept said change, it won't apply to what you've done. What's also really neat too, is say, for example, you wrote the book and then you, 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 you did your editing and then you formatted it and you compiled it, Right. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, you know, uh, you get like a first review that's like, wow, on page such and such, you know, this person said this when they should have said that. You're like, oh my goodness. All you have to do is just open up the project, go to formatting, you know, you or go to writing, whichever one, find that error, change it, go back to formatting and hit compile and bam, now you can upload the new file. So there's none of this whole like, our oh, crikey, which program do I need to open, you know, or anything. You just do it on one of those too. Hit the button and re-upload the new file so that, uh, you know, you don't get any oh, more of those reviews. Love it. Okay. Another question. One of the things that I love in Vellum is that I can go find the link for each store um, mm -hmm. for my uh, other books buy page. Um, do you have something like that so that if somebody is reading on this device or that device, they can click and go to the store that they've already been purchasing that? We've got it listed in what we call our roadmap. Uh, that should be happening, I would believe, before June. Uh, okay. I don't know where it is on on it, but we're actually going to make the project roadmap uh, public so anybody can see exactly oh. what we're working on, what's coming next, new features that are in the pipeline. Um, so yeah, so that will definitely be a part of it. Um, creating That's the store or spe device specific links is going to be very important for people. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, publishing your roadmap because then you don't have to answer two thousand emails that were all answered on the picture. <laughs> I, yep. Nice. Okay, so I'm looking at your website on um, my other screen here, and there was something that made me very, very excited, and I have to ask you. I um, sometimes need to think in a tactile manner, and so I saw this picture of sticky notes coming soon, and I'm like, 
but how, like, I know the sticky note program on my Mac, which I used to use like crazy until I couldn't see anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stop using it. Cause I can't see anything anymore, but tell me, what does this mean in Atticus? Well, we want some ability for authors to like, one of the big things we're trying to do is uh, create opportunities for authors to be able to write in the way they want to write. The thing is, is that no writer writes the same. Um, yeah. I mean, we all have these kind of templates or things that we use, uh, but the truth of the matter is there's no one thing. Um, and so one of the biggest things for us is giving versatility while also making sure that we don't uh, make it complex. You know, we don't want to make this thing where you're like, you have to pay a $200 to some person to take a course on how to use a $47 software. Um, so one of those things we, we felt was like sticky notes um, and kind of creating an ability to put reminders also had the program kind of help you to remind. I think one of the biggest things we want to focus on is, is a lot of gamification. Um, and for those that don't know the gamification term, gamification is like where you make it fun to hit your goals. Um, you know, you turn a game into it. And so that's why our analytics pane is going to be great. You can set your goals. It can track to see how well you're doing. One of the things I love most too, and this is um, my own little personal fave is that when you go to publish, when you go to hit compile, it will actually compile all of your analytics for your writing and show you on your congratulations you published. And some of the things that I love is like, for example, it'll tell you how many words you had, how many pages that will be, uh, how long it would take somebody to, to normally read this book. And then my favorite is it will tell you how long you spent in the entire project. So for me as an author, it'd be really cool. To, well, it, for some people it could be depressing, but for, some, <laughs> for me, I think it's gonna be great to be able to be able to say, wow, I spent, you know, 220 hours on this book. Uh, that was far less than my first book, which was 400 out, you know, and just be able to kind of know that I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, I'm, I have accidentally become one of those people who leaves my computer on for a week or two before I'm like, it's really slowing down. I should give it a break and turn it back on, or, you know, restart it. So, um, so I'll end up with Scrivener being open for two weeks, you know, um, Will I need to, because uh, of course I really want to use that gamification in the analytics. Mm -hmm. um, would it be best then for me to be closing the project and reopening it every time? Or is it just no, like it's counting when you start typing and when you stop typing? Yeah, pretty much the counting when you start typing and stop typing, but with a little bit of grace in between, because let's face it, a lot of authors will write and then I'll stop and think about it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really about activity on the program more so than just the program being open. Um, and so that's kind of the system that we're using for this. So authors don't need to feel like they got to close it and open it. Yeah. So um, actually that is better information for me because I'm thinking um, that means that it's counting um, everything that I've done, including writing, editing, publishing, like how long it really took mm -hmm. me. Exactly. Not really? just the writing component. And on top of that, too, like if you're formulating your your structure, your plotting, you're adding images, character cards, you know, setting cards and things like that, that's still a part of your process. And so yeah. therefore, this can really give authors a full understanding of, of how much time, you know, this project took and kind of give them a little bit more pride in their work because they see you know, the Everest that they climbed. And uh, we just really want to provide them with that kind of information. Yeah, I'm totally into encouraging people to um, 
it, it doesn't take a ton for a lot of people to start their book, but there are so many people who haven't finished their book. They get stuck somewhere along the way. So I'm super excited for anything that's going to add those little bits of um, dopamine hits <laughs> that yeah. kind of make you go, yeah, all right, let me keep going. Well, and another thing that we're really trying to do too is, so we have our systems on like, you know, how you plot and structure and we have the systems, you know, for like how we're going to try to gamify, uh, gamify some of the components to it. But the, one of the biggest things that I want to make sure is, is that this software works with everything uh, or as many things we, as we, as a, as a company can make. Uh, so for example, for the words is super cool um, for any game or, you know, fantasy nerds or just nerds in general. Um, highly recommend checking that out. That's a fun gamification. I'm working with their developer to, so that if somebody has a for the words account, it will actually combine with Atticus and then they can have their game playing while they're writing inside the program itself. Um, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, Atticus fully works with Grammarly or pro writing aid and all the analytics that, that those, that those provide as well. Um, you know, we're working with book brush so that if you, if say you're formatting and you want the special image for your chapter title, you know, that makes it unique. Uh, you can click a button, go right to book brush and start building, you know, using their tools to create Man. super unique images that you can put right in to make your book look awesome. Yeah. Um, there's just kind of all those things that, that we're working with um, because I really just want to make sure that it's not one of those like, well, you know, yeah, that's a good tool, but you know, we do our own thing. Like authors have, different needs. Oh, Plotter. Plotter's another one that I'm working with. I, I love Plotter and people are, you know, there are going to be authors who think that their plotting tactic or their plotting system is better than kind of the thing we have. Um, let's bring it in. So needless to say, we're really working to make sure that authors can bring in the tools and the things that they prefer to use. And it just integrates inside the one thing. So. Oh my gosh. It is all about the one program. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Let me just tell you, everybody who is listening, I am definitely going to be playing with this as soon as possible. And I will tell you what happens. And I promise to be honest, even though right now I'm thinking, holy cow, I'm going to love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're, um, and like I said, in April, we'll be coming out with phase one, which is basically the formatting component as well as uh, writing and um, some gamification and analytics. Uh, but from April to June is when we're crushing out all the things that I've talked about here and they're just going to be added. One of the things too is uh, this is a one-time cost. I do not like subscriptions personally. Me too. Um, I especially don't like the idea of writing on a platform and putting all of my content on a platform that I have to keep paying just to keep using. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound like a strong foundation. The other thing too is, is that every one of these updates that I've been talking about will all be free upgrades for people who have it. So it's not one of those where great, you paid for it and then you know, come June when we have collaboration, you got to pay for that too. Like that's not how we roll. So um, yeah, just to be clear on that. And one other thing that I think is really important for people to know too, is, is that the software works online and offline. So it's, ah. uh, it's kind of a best of both worlds. It's sort of like, you know, an online program, but it's a downloadable program. So you download it. And what's really unique about it is you can log into the software. And what's awesome is say, for example, you have three computers. Well, you just, download it and log in on those three computers. So you could work on it like that. Uh, the other thing too, is, is that say you go to a friend's house and you don't have your computer and you're going to be at your friends for like a week or something like that, you know, or you go to visit your in-laws, uh, you can still use the program by just downloading on their computer and logging in. Uh, also too, say you're going to be flying. What's really unique about the yeah. software is that 
you take your laptop, you open it up and it will allow you to write on it. And the moment you have internet connection, it will resync up. Everything will be good to go. The uh, also too, it has manual backup and automatic backup. So it's best of both worlds. You can not only save it on your computer, okay, but you can also automatically save it to the cloud. That way, if your computer crashes, all of your work is saved. If something happens to the servers, you've got it on your computer. Like there's, it's just making sure that you're just not going to lose your stuff. Yeah. Um, so you've got that and it automatically does auto backups and saves. Okay. I can definitely tell that I'm talking to a writer because I keep trying to think of a new question to ask you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> You've covered them all. <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, it's, it's itching a lot of my own pain points. It's like all yeah. the things that I'm like, I've used so many programs. I'm like, ah, I like that. I don't like that. Is there any way we can do it? And so being able to work off offline is so important to me because I'm flying all the time. And I, I love writing when I'm flying because I, there's nothing else to really do. <laughs> so yeah. It's like you force yourself and I'm not paying for the internet on the, on the flights. So right. I get some of my best stuff done. Then um, I've had a computer crash. I was once drinking a glass of wine when Athena was a baby and I had a you know, dumb dad move and she, she moved over and I flinched and I knocked over the glass of wine and lost my laptop, which mm. I lost my second, no third book completely like the gone. Whole- yeah. Like as in I was of the way done and it was just gone. It was such a trap. I would say it's a tragic event. Like I was also not, I was pretty poor. Um, So to lose a laptop was one thing to lose 70% of your book was another Uh, to lose a glass of wine was probably unforgivable. Um, But needless to say it was to this day. Yeah. It was pretty tragic because I still remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, whatever. If if I'd had a program like this, I wouldn't have had the that problem at all. At least that I still the one the laptop, and I would have lost a glass of wine, but I wouldn't have lost all that time and effort and work. So yeah, wow. Okay, good. Because um, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna. I just want to go out to the woods where there isn't internet and rent a cabin. And that was one thing I was like, oh, I won't be able to use it. But yes, I can. Yay. Yeah. The only limitation that someone would run into by um, being offline is, and this is only in the beginning, but if you're collaborating with another writer, uh, yeah. for the time being, we're going to make it that you have to be online because there's just that problem of like, if the other writer deletes a paragraph, but you were editing in the paragraph, our logic has to figure out, well, what do you do in that case? Yeah. Um, one of the short-term fixes that we think we're going to have for that situation, if that arises, is that we may make it that the author can lock a chapter and then they can work on that chapter offline. So right. say, for example, you, you know, you're set to work on chapter three, uh, but you're about to go on a flight or out to the woods for the week. You can lock the chapter so the other author can't touch it. And then you can work on it as much as you want. You just can't work on the other ones that you didn't lock. And I think that will kind of help us. Maybe later on, we'll come up with a logic that can fi- figure out the right way to handle. But I kind of think that if we just tell authors just to lock the chapter. I think that should be fine. Uh, But that's the only limitation that we're running into with um, not being online. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. I'm just wondering, um, I've never seen this, but I'm just wondering, um, is there any way for both copies then to have sort of like the, the track changes comment that's like, it's this where it was deleted or it's this where it was edited, but that might be just too much. Um, yeah, yeah anyway. if you can imagine, like if say you left for a week or something and and 
the other person's like hardcore and you're hardcore, that oh. may just be more pain than it's worth. You're and right. Like, maybe <laughs> yeah. Just communicating and being like, I'm going to work on this than this chapter and you work on the rest or whatever it might just be a bit easier than trying to figure out, wait a second, hold on. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, if you're collaborating with something with somebody, then hopefully there is a lot of communication anyway. So <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you're either, you know, if you're going off on the woods or something like that, it's probably best that you're, you're not needing to collaborate in that respect yeah. or you're not needing to communicate because if you don't have internet, you know, unless yeah. you're phone calling them, uh, <laughs> doesn't happen often these days. Yeah, the, uh, we we think that that will be a very uh, sufficient solution uh, to handling that case and still allowing people to be offline. Excellent. Uh, last question um, for people who have more than one writer in their household: Is the terms and conditions going to be to buy two licenses, or will the one license for three computers be like? Which way do you want it to be so that people know what the with, um, you know what I mean? It's so easy sometimes to like work around the rules, uh, yeah. but I want to know like, how, how would you like it to happen? We have two writers in my house. So the way to put it is that if you have the one license, okay, then all of the work is in the one, the, the, the one login, we'll call it oh, the right. login instead yeah. of license. Right. So if you're okay with the other writers in your house, uh, being able to access, make changes and do whatever to your work, <laughs> Um, then go ahead. But what's, what you're really going to like is when you go to the project management pane, it's really going to be like, we wrote this in mind, uh, or when we designed the project management pane, we did it in mind of pretending that authors like to have like five different pen names, seven different series, you oh. know? And so it'll actually be really easy for your other authors in your household to find their book and to make sure that their stuff is their stuff. Um, because we, we created it with this kind of thing in mind, right. but again, they would also have the ability to go in and make changes. So I think that's kind of the best way to put it is that if you trust those others to use and not mess up or muck up or change or, or destroy or delete, then go for it. And I think that's, what's, uh, uh, an honorable way to handle it with authors, um, you know, with, with authors, whereas like you forgot the pirates out there, you've got, there'd probably be somebody in some, you know, country that would then buy one copy and, you know, have like 50 people using it. Right. But guess what? All of those other people who are using it for free, you know, like they have access to your book. They have yeah. access to your writing. They can make changes. They could delete stuff. They could ruin your book. So yeah. I think that's kind of a good, safe way to look at it. So I'd yeah. say to authors, go for it. But understand that your writing is at the mercy of the people you give it to. <laughs> right. Right. So think, think twice, <laughs> you know? just saying. Yeah. That's awesome. And I didn't even think about that with the uh, multiple pen names so they can all be separated. This is great. Yep. Oh, yeah. okay. Series. You can quickly look at all the books in a series. You, um, <gasps> when you open it up, it will immediately bring up just like the, it'll arrange your projects, your books from most recent to, to least recent that you've worked on. So that'll be quick, but then you can click on authors and we'll break them all into this really awesome, like grouping of which author is attached to what, or uh, you can click on projects, AKA, which is another way of saying your, your um, series, or maybe you have like certain books that you wanted to have in the same project. And again, that's a lot of that's bringing in a lot of the metadata as well as uh, previous works. And so it makes it really easy to create new books in an author, the same author grouping or right. in the same project. Uh, and so it, it, it has the unintended consequence that if you have the two others in your household who are using the program, it'll make it easier for them to, you know, to, to separate between what they're doing and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, 
but again, it just comes down to that trusting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, sorry, I know that you, we have to, we have to end this call, but, um, so it also occurs to me that right this second in Scrivener, um, I have a separate Scrivener file for each of the books in my series, but then every single time I have to remember, cause I usually forget, that's why it's annoying, um, to re-import all of the character sheets and the, and the story Bible and everything, but all of this would be able to stay somehow within the series or. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're working with a lot of serial uh, writers and in our beta team. And that's that's exactly one of the things they've been banging over our heads is they hate not being able to import that information and then having to start afresh. Like, no, we're, we're making it very click, drag and drop uh, or not click, drag and drop, just click and select. And then it brings in that information. So, yep, we got that in mind. I mean this with, with all kind of, um, you know, brotherly, but oh my gosh, I love you (laughs) and all of your team. I love all of you people who have been working on it. (laughs) Well, I, I really, really can't wait for it to get out there. I can't wait to start using it personally. Yeah, Um, no no doubt. Um, yeah, like I said, it started with, with pain points. Yeah. Okay. I need to let you go because you have other things to do today. I'm very excited. I'm all pumped up, but who needed a caffeine drink? Now I'm just really excited to see Atticus. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, everyone listening, I'm going to try to schedule this episode so that it comes out after you can actually get Atticus, but where do they need to go, Dave, to find out more? You have a, a website up now and to get on the waiting list if it's not out yet, or oh, what do they need to do? Yeah, you can find it at atticus.io. Um, that's oh. where it lives. Yep. And okay. you can find it there. Or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns from anything that we talked about, you can always find me at kindlepreneur.com. I've got a contact page there. Um, just hit me up with a question. I'll be more than happy to answer. Brilliant. And is there, um, anything else uh, is a uh, Kindlepreneur on, um, social media or anything? Should people be following you anywhere or is everything pretty much on the website? I will be the first to say that social media has never been my thing. Um, at, I'm not, you know, I'm not a believer of the try to be everywhere because yeah. I just think that when you try to be everywhere, you're not really anywhere. Um, yeah. And so I've always knocked off social media is not not my thing. Uh, that being said, the Dave Chesson Facebook, I, I do that. I use that a lot, but that's for personal um, yeah. and keeping up with family. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not averse to social media. I just... Just don't use in that respect. I would say I do a lot on Kindlepreneur, but also I have a YouTube channel. And a lot of that's where when I'm trying to write an article. I have seen you there. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm trying to write an article, I'm like, man, you know, this would be so much easier for the reader if they could see me do this. That's when I'll record a video and I put it on there. So if you want to watch things and see how things are done or look over my shoulders, I do things. You can hit me up on the YouTube channel. Brilliant. Dave, thank you so much. I'm so excited about Atticus and thank you for coming on the show and explaining all these great features and giving us something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like I said, thank you for having me.